I'm Gab, he's Jules, it's the Gab and Jules Show, and Jules, we have a packed week, I Big am show. hyped and amped, we've got the Champions yeah. League coming back uh, this week, the semi-final Ooh. stage, we have Barcelona, uh, they're going to be a lead item, of course they lost at home, we've got the Copa del Rey final, we've got Liverpool and City both winning four goals from Gabriel Jesus, yeah. we've got um, Liverpool winning the Merseyside Derby, that got a little bit tasty, and we've got it? champions as well, Bayern and PSG, already. new champions, Bayern and PSG, and uh, title race in Serie A, dramatic ending oh. uh, at the Stadio Olimpico as well. But let's start. Oh, and by the way, we have another Champions League as well, the CONCACAF Champions League. This is why I'm oh. rocking my Seattle Sounders top. Go and, Sounders! Okay, I'm not actually a Sounders fan, let's be clear. I am equally a Pumas fan. So, Pumas, I don't have your shirt. So, if you'd like to send one down, double uh, XL, please. <laughs> uh, I will happily rock it uh, ahead of uh, the return leg. Jules, Barcelona. We were all on the Xavi bandwagon. Oh, we we Three straight home defeats, uh, if you count the Frankfurt game. Uh, at one point, I said, like, I, I don't know the status, but it's been a long time since, I think, 1998. Since, that, since that happened. Okay, so it was the last millennium, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's going on? Crazy. Uh, crazy. I think the injuries have been a problem, uh, certainly defensively. Uh, and Pedri in midfield, I think it's a big difference. And I know it's a bit of a, an obvious one to say that when, when Pedri is there and when he's not there, it's not the same. But since his injury, they haven't really been the same team. Let's be honest, in terms of creativity with the ball, defensively, they've been a bit of a shambles a lot this season. We see every, we've seen Eric Garcia giving away penalties, making stupid fouls. Uh, and with Araujo, you know, playing a right back, for example, at times, with I think the many changes that he's made defensively, apart from Jordi Alba, really, and Testeg, and the, the only two who've kept the same position all the time, I think the, the changes and the tweaks all the time haven't helped them defensively. What I'm struck in this game, and I think Xavi, Xavi afterwards came out and he said, you know, they asked him about the, the, the three games, the three home defeats, and, you know, he basically said, well, they were different. And I think we in the media, we're, we're, we're dangerous. We, we, we fall into this trap where we kind of lump def a defeat as a defeat. No, yeah. they, I mean, they were different. I Frankfurt yeah. was a very different type of game um, than this one. And they did have their chances. But what struck me was how easily Rayo on the counter, they had that second chance. They could have had two. Easily. The first one as well, all right, people praise Rayo's movement and, and, and whatever. But it feels like Dest has to come all the way across yeah. the pitch um, and I don't think, surely, I mean, I know it's Des' responsibility, but equally, it can't all be down to him. He doesn't no. expect the ball to come through yeah. with the ease that it did. Completely. You're right. I think he's, he's partly to blame because he, he's late, to be fair, and he should have seen him coming and maybe anticipated a little bit more. But you're right. It's far too easy. They're all over the place. But I think for most of the game, when Ryo was on the attack, which was not often, to be fair, but I thought defensively they were, they were all, over the, all over the place. I worry, I would worry a little bit now when, you know, you mentioned the absentees and I think the two, obviously in addition to Pedri, the one that they missed the most was Jura Pique. And I know Ansu Fati's still out, but he's hard yeah, to play no, this season. Yeah, Pique and so Pedri well. are the two big ones, yeah. But I do wonder, like, if you're missing a 34, 35-year-old guy who, let's face it, isn't going to stick around forever, and Pedri, who has been in and out all season with injuries and has got a lot of wear, and all of a sudden, you can't beat Rayo at home, even though you had your chances. That's got to be concerning. I'm just wondering if they're further behind in the process. I, I've had people come and tell me, oh, because remember, we said this on the show, so like, I said, oh, how can you say 
uh, Real Madrid have a brighter future than Barcelona. And I'm like, well, I think now we see why. I think a lot of these guys, I'm not sure, are necessarily going to be part of the future of the club. And I think there's a lot more work to do there. There's obviously great starting points. There's people you can... There's people you can build around. Gavi maybe will make the, the, the grade. It certainly looks like he will. And uh, But equally, there, it's like a reminder that, guys, let's put the Holland talk to one side. Let's focus on finishing top four. Because mm. that is a concern right now. They're playing Betis. Not, it's not the next opponent. It's yeah. the one after that. Betis are six points behind them. But you lose that one away. And suddenly it's three points, and then suddenly you've got no real margin yeah, of error, unless Atletico and uh, and Sevilla also screw up. I'm 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 more worried about the, the Cadiz defeat. Dembele was the only one creating. They had chances. They probably didn't deserve to lose that one. I thought against Rayo, when Dembele didn't have a good day, really didn't have a good yeah. game, and Aubameyang was completely out of the game. I think he had 17 touches. He made six passes. It's slow to a crawl. No shot on target. Nothing. Then there's not, and Pedri's not there. There's nothing. I think Gavina has played too much for such a young player. And I think he still wastes so much energy trying to run everywhere and do everything. And he's amazing. But I think at times that could be counterproductive. And if you two fullbacks don't help, there's zero creativity. And against well, Rayo, there was zero creativity, really, for a Barca team. As you know, I'm all about performance and yeah. chances created, chances conceded. Yeah. And when you put those things together, this was a game Barcelona could easily have won. Yeah. But the context changes when you know, you're talking about Rayo, who you know had started the season brightly, were on a terrible run, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, I think the way players think and the way fans think, you see the defeats in a row. You see, uh, you, Xavi had said before how important it was to finish second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just Champions League, but second. Yeah, second. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, when you raise the stakes like that. You can't just go out and say, well, we had enough chances to win. Yeah. And, and the Cadiz game, I can understand because because you got knocked out of the Europa League, which was a shock. There was the whole supporters, yeah. how many Frankfurt fans, all those all those issues. Okay. And then you go on the Monday night and you struggle. and But, okay, you get it. But la- on, last night, on Sunday night... I really expected them to start the game brightly, for example, you know, to go at them, to have a lot of movement, to because because of what Xavi said before, because of the two previous defeats, and they never lose three in a row, as we mentioned, 1998, the last time there was in almost another life. And yet, it's, I don't know, so either Xavi could not motivate them enough, or maybe the, the tiredness, the long season, the, is taking its toll as well, plus the injuries, as we mentioned before. But I was very surprised by how lethargic they were at the beginning. And so, they conceded early, which didn't help either. And then suddenly, it's a very, very different game straight away. So the motivation piece, I think, is an interesting one because obviously players are motivated. I always kind of think it's, it's kind of lazy sometimes when we in the media say, well, they don't look motivated. But yeah. you can tell. I mean, I agree with you. There was a certain lethargy to them. Completely. Now, lethargy can also be the same, the flip side of of confidence and patience, Yeah. right? So it's kind of like, you know, I, I think we're guilty sometimes of looking at the final result and, you know, we explain it one way or the other, right? If those mm-hmm. if they score those goals and win 2-1, they said like, oh, look, they gave up the goal, but they didn't get, they didn't get rattled. They were patient. They Shook knocked it about. The problem I have is I think against an opponent like, like, like Rayo, 
if you slow it down and try to knock it around and try to wait for that moment, I mean, the way Rayo set up, they're a good counterattacking mm, side, the way yeah. there's two wide people. There wasn't a reaction from it, and there wasn't a reaction on the pitch. And I'm not going to blame Xavi, and maybe it's because I'm biased and I like Xavi. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but... I look back at this, though, and I say, some of the choices, like, if you need somebody to go and break a game against a mass defense, which is, you know, eventually 1-0 up, they were playing on the yeah, counter. Yeah, yeah, completely. Memphis is the guy who's going to do that. It's not going to be Aubameyang. And yet, we waited until the hour mark to see Memphis. You know my thoughts on Memphis. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like he's been relegated a little bit. All of a sudden, Pierre yeah. and Aubameyang's here. It's like, you know, we've signed the original Ronaldo. Well, no, Memphis is Memphis. But what we saw from Aubameyang in that game, and he's been great in the finishing. I think this is he's, he's called 9-12 or 9-13 in La Liga. So finishing is not... But we knew he's always been a good finisher. And if you create a chance for him and he's in a good position, it's more likely than not that he's going to score. But from the beginning, if you remember when they signed him, we've explained and we said, okay, the goals, some goals will come, but he will not be able to take part of the build-up play, the link-up play, yeah. like a number nine at Barcelona should do or, or would do. And yesterday, I thought, was the, just a prime example of Obama Young being there, but not really being there because hardly touched the ball. And again, he, this is not what he does. He doesn't link up the play. He's not that kind of number nine that Memphis is. So maybe Xavi got it wrong, or maybe Xavi felt I still have to play Obama Young for the finishing part of the game. But the problem is, if there's no chances created for him, he's useless. I mean, the last 20 minutes we saw Normal de Jong. Normal de Jong. Yeah. With, with Memphis. You know, Memphis, Memphis, when he came on, he came on for Ferran Torres, started in the wide area. I thought you had a little bit more of Memphis finding the space deeper, running yeah. at people, providing some more of the movement without losing that reference point in de Jong. But that was late. That was really And I, I don't know. And I think the tone maybe was set earlier as well by by the Frankie de Jong substitution, which I think you disagree with. Yeah, completely. I think he disagreed with. I well, mean, he his certainly face did. was like thunder. I don't know. I know he wasn't, he wasn't good. But to take him off and replace by Nico, who will bring a lot of energy, and I think Nico is a really good young player, and, and he yeah, has He's a not going to bring goals, and he's not going exactly. to... Exactly. Yeah. For me, it didn't... So what was he trying to do? What, to say to Nico, make the runs in the box? But Nico doesn't do that. This is not his game. No. So what, you, you, you said to Gavi, okay, you would do the, the Frankie job, maybe? And I thought, I don't know, I would have left the young until the end, because he's typically the kind of player who can have 60 average minutes and then five amazing minutes where he creates something like we saw often this season or even score a goal and I, I was very subdued by that call and, and I also think Gab and I've said it with Arteta before as great as Xavi is and his tactics can be and the game plan can be and all of that he's still so dependent on players who in certain positions are just not good enough not yeah. good enough for Barcelona and well, not good enough for Xavi for Xavi as a manager. Let's break this down. Let's try to imagine. And again, I, I don't want to be Mr. Doom and Gloom here because I don't want to raise the ire of some of these people who thought that Holland was on his way. But obviously you've got the financial restrictions and you know the, the negative budget, yeah. which I they'll get out, out of sometime. That's just kind of like a snapshot in time. But I don't think we're going to see a lot of spending. And, and so my question is, if you project forward, right, if we're imagining Barcelona winning the Champions League in two or three years, I ask myself, how many of these guys are realistically going to be a part of it? Because, in, in other words, what do you need to do over the next two or three years? And if I go through this, mm -hmm. maybe Ter Stegen can regain his mojo. 
Um, yeah. I think he's been a little bit better of late, but obviously he had a big dip. So yeah, whatever, yeah, that's yeah. not going to be a priority. Jordi Alba left back, you can still get something out of for the next couple yeah. of years. And you can sign someone like Gaia, for example. But, you know, with yeah, but you've got so many other people. To, I don't yeah, think yeah, Gaia's yeah, going to come, personally. Um, but I... I write back, obviously, that is something that, yes. that they need to address because I don't, Sergino Des hasn't shown yet that he's a starter level guy on a Champions League winning, hypothetical Champions League winning Barcelona team. Yeah, completely. And they missed Tom Mazraoui, so. At center back, Gerard Pique will bow out at some point, long lay, presumably, the, as well. So you have Araujo, and as of right now, they've committed money and resources to Christensen mm. and Eric Garcia. Yeah. Neither of whom, to me, Looks like a Champions League winning. Well, certainly not Garcia. Christensen, I could say, has done it before, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah. I think there's more hope for Christensen to become that kind of player. I mean, every Garcia. But it's not like Christensen's 22 either. He's a player in mid-career. Yeah, yeah, but still who's not had a rough time. Yeah, 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 but I still think that 25 or 26 years, it's it's a good time yeah. I, on a free on a, on a, as a free agent. I think this is good for them. Yeah, no, no, this no. is really good business, and it's better than Garcia, better than Langley. Better than Umtiti. And him and Aurojo, I think, can have a really good partnership. All right. Busquets as well. I don't think he's going to be around in two or three years' time yeah. at that level. And if he is, then it means Barcelona have a problem. Yeah. Are we sure Nico is the answer? I think that's, there's still a question mark there. Big time. Can he be a useful player? Yes. yes. Can he do? Can he be a starter-caliber player on a team that wins the Champions League? Barcelona said, I, I'm not sure. Not sure. Pedri obviously isn't yeah. a problem. No. Nope. Gavi, tremendous future, but still very young. And you have to be, I think you said, sometimes these guys can't be expected to play every game. Exactly. And but they made the same mistake with Pedri last season. And he ended up playing 99 games with club and national team. And I, then missed a lot of this season because he was burned out. I completely. think the difference, though, is Pedri was productive throughout much of that time. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it was more like a physical mental burnout. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Whereas with Gavi... I don't know that he's been on that le on that same Gavi level the whole time. No, you that, he's had a lot yeah, more ups yeah, and downs, yeah, yeah, yeah. which right again, is very normal for a young player. But of course, yeah, you know, this is really being thrown to the lines. And yeah. people who bring up, you know, Iniesta or whatever, Iniesta didn't had play this many around. games and, until he was like 22, yeah. 23 years old. Let's not forget that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and had a different team around him too, and obviously a different team around him. De Jong, I think, is the question mark because he's had a rough season. So I think there's a huge call to make there. And why if Ten Hag and United come over and say, listen, we, we want him, we offer you 60, well, 70. De Jong is say. one of Barcelona's saleable assets that would then help you then make investments elsewhere because yeah. they do have to make investments elsewhere. Dembele, we have no clue if he's staying, right? Yeah. Aubameyang is obviously not going to be your center forward in three years' time. Yeah. Ferran Torres, you know, I really like the guy, but again, it's a lot of up and down and up and down from him. We're waiting for Ansu Fati to return, yeah. but we're still talking. I don't know Kessie is coming in midfield, and he, he's going to help. But yeah, Kessie is going to help, and Kessie could easily be the the young replacement in a way if you let if you cash in on the young. We're still talking four or five high quality mm. starters that they need to find not straight away, because next year I think will be another transition year. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in two three years time, and that is a big job. I hope Xavi gets gets the backing and I hope also that people will remember a little bit that you know his track record his experience that 
managing where he was managing before is nothing like managing here. Yeah. And having experienced this as a captain and as a leader of Barcelona is going to be very different than doing it as a manager yeah. when, when the buck stops with you. And he's made mistakes. He has made mistakes this season like a lot of young managers have made and even some more experienced like Nagelsmann in a, in, in a big club as well like Bayern. So this is a learning curve for him. But I repeat it again, he needs better players for his plan to work, for all the tactics that he wants. You know, I think some of the stuff is, is, is almost too hard to implement on certain players because they're just not good enough. It's not, it's not bad on them, they're, just, they're good players, but they're just not good enough for this kind of coaching, for this kind of club, for this kind of pressure and expectations and all of that. And until he gets the right quality of players, especially in some positions, then there will always be a stumbling block. There will always be something that prevent them from winning, maybe not La Liga, but certainly the Champions League. I want to go back to the story that we talked about last week, just because it concerns Gerard Pique, it was so important to this club. Mm. Um, this business with him and on the Rubiales. phone, with Rubiales on the phone, there's an extraordinary press conference afterward that Rubiales gave where he talked about how, you know, he even referenced the mafia. I don't, I don't think he's talking about the real mafia. I think he's talking about yeah, the metaphorical yeah. mafia. Yeah, I would hope. So. He says, "What are they going to do? Are they going to plant cocaine in my uh, in my car? Are you going to find me in a ditch? Blah blah blah." I mean, Some he crazy really stuff. he really laid it on very very thick. Um, and on the one hand, I can see his point. On the other hand, there's no escaping the fact that an enormous commission was paid to. The company that's owned by current player, that that current player as well, like in conversations. And look, it's not official. Maybe it's just chit chat. Maybe they're 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 buddies. Begin at Rubiales, and you know, when he talks about his team, Andorra, um, that Piqué yeah. actually owns. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard, I think, to be a businessman and be an active player at the same time. This is an uh, evident conflict If you want to work in... If you want oh, and, and to the Olympics. It's the same with the Olympics as well. No, but Piquet you know. can do the tennis and the Davis Cup. I don't care. This is another sport. If he wants to call people and, and, and lobby and ask for favours in tennis, I could not care less. But surely someone of his intelligence... I mean, Rubiales... But Piquet should say, OK, I have to be careful here because it's not, this is not tennis or it's not Twitch or whatever. This is, this is my own game. This is football. And this could, the backlash could be terrible here. And, and he might get away with it. And I, we don't know, we can't predict what's going to happen now with the investigation and what else, what, what else they have. Imagine, you would think that El Confidencial being the paper that they are, easily could have kept maybe even more explosive stuff than what they've published so far, right? You, you know, you start like right. that and then maybe they've got even more. Imagine what I'm working. It's a really uncomfortable situation. Uh, Piquet was on the bench. Uh, I, you know, he supposedly had a knock, but yeah, I think yeah, I it was think also... Was, I'm not sure if he was fully fit. It might have also been his state of mind as Completely. well right now because... Completely. And if you're going to portion blame, I mean, obviously the one who's going to suffer the most out of these two is... I would assume it will end up being Rubiales because you can't, you know, there is a basic ethical standard of certain things that you don't talk about on the phone. But, and there's a basic common sense standard to know that if you're talking in WhatsApp messages or whatever, these things aren't encrypted. But yeah, but even for me, the, the worst is the referee talks. Yeah, because this is, you getting onto the territory of Calciopoli and all of that in Italy that you know so well. It's true. <laughs> 
if, if PK starts saying to Rubiales, I don't like this referee, this referee should not referee us, you know, he made that mistake and what about VR? And then, and then Rubiales then start talking to referee or start deciding who what referee refer, you know, is the referee for the Barcelona match. This is, this is, this is too wrong then and this, this is going too far. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it quite reached the level, but you know, no, no, event, uh, but, you but the punishment I mean? for you, of course, the, the, exactly. was, was relegation in the end, right? So I don't think we're anywhere near that level. No, no, Piquet no, no, also but, makes a difference that Piquet is, you know, Piquet is in La Porta, Piquet is a Barcelona footballer. And in some ways you could view that as a bit different than kind of like the institutional communication. Of course, yeah, yeah, of course. But, but it's not a good situation. And what really surprised me was also, and you know, I, I've known, I met Rubiales a couple of times, you know, he's, he's a union guy, he's obviously an ex-player. I think he got very emotional in that press conference. Yeah. And I almost, and I think in his mind, he's like, well, wait, what did I do wrong? People are conspiring against me. There's Come this on. But then at the same time, you need a PR guy who tells you, listen, don't say silly things. When he brought up Saudi Arabia, <laughs> and he said like, you know, oh, we did it for the women of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> like, mean, excuse me? Really? <laughs> I mean... Uh... Even the whole concept of signing a contract, when you represent a league and institution where you get a certain amount, but then you get a higher amount if yeah. Barcelona and Real Madrid are there, you know. can't be doing that. I know, I know. I know. You can't be. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Of like, course, because then it's in your interest to make sure that Barca and Real Madrid are there. Yeah, it's not a good one. Not a good one. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough, Barca. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Liverpool beat Everton 2-0 in a spicy Merseyside derby to stay one point behind Manchester City. Jules Lampard was a bit grumpy after the game. Was, was he right to be? He wanted the penalty. He said there was two incidents. Uh, well, one is just a dive. I don't know what yeah, the hell he's seen, One is right? a dive. But the other one... I, I mean, I, I might be in the minority here. I don't know. But I don't think it was a pen. I have to say. The Matthew yeah, Anthony Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. You I don't think the second was a penalty? I don't think there's enough contact at all. I, I really don't. I don't see it. I, I, don't I think see it's very it. simple. I think you just have to throw him off. You already booked him for diving. And I, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he also pays for the little reputation that he's trying to well, have. I'll, I'll, I'll say this: This is not the first time. To me, it's either a foul or it's a penalty. And sorry, <laughs> it's either a penalty or a dive, right? Yeah. 
And maybe you didn't don't want to, you know, Atwell didn't want to send a guy off for two, maybe two diving, two simulations. I just, I just think that with VR now, this, if it was really a foul, they would have given. Uh, do you see what I mean? I, I just think they were not convinced at all by the fact that it was a foul. Yes, unlike you, I don't have boundless faith in. No, no, uh, it's not that. But and Everton played like Atletico Madrid with a different shirt. You know, was it the right call? I'm not so sure. I expect them to go. Yeah, with a back five. I think Liverpool's halftime expected goals were like 0.3, so you could argue it was yeah, the right yeah. goal. It just, and imagine it's the hard lift. to do over 90 minutes, though, clearly, yeah. as the second half showed. Well, yeah, and then you send on the cavalry, you send on, you know, Diaz and, and Origi, there you and go. Origi, like, you see? How about that? Exactly. Gab, on Saturday, Manchester City had destroyed Watford 5-1, which they do every season anyway. And Gabriel Jesus had scored four goals. I know you love to talk about recognised strikers, of course. I- I am fascinated by Gabriel Jesus because too, he's 25 him. years old. His contract expires in June 2023, which oh. I think a lot of people have kind of missed out on. And he hasn't been offered a new one, right? All he gets no, is just... Not yet. Not yet. Okay, well, fine. But, you know, normally you would expect somebody else might show an interest in him. I think other people are looking at him and they're saying, well, what are we getting? Because when he arrived, he was presented as like a center forward. He was. And he was, you know, the heir apparent to Sergio Aguero. And yeah. he actually scored a lot of goals people seem to forget this yeah. when he was playing centrally in Aguero's position you know when he was sharing time with Aguero obviously his non-penalty goals per 90 minutes were like 0.77 0.6 that's really good it is really good then he moves him out wide there's even talk that he could be playing right back uh, against Real Madrid Yeah, turns him into a pressing machine I don't know he's still 25 years a player in there I'm just wondering does he know what he wants to be does he know what he is and maybe that's why there's no offers for him yeah or that we know of but no we've he's been linked with arsenal this weekend and i don't know if it's real or if it's to get a new deal at city i don't know if he would want to leave city i don't know if he feels like he should be playing more instead of playing in a way second i would hope he feels he should be playing more yeah um i think if you can get it for 20 or 25 million considering there's just one year left on his contract this could be a really good deal for a very versatile player. I think, I think he could do a job centrally. You could play him wide. I think he's a very intelligent player. He's a good boy. I, I think even better, stay where you are, win the World Cup exactly. with Brazil, um, see if City want to give you a new deal or not, and otherwise go and become a free agent next year. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's also quite the likely scenario. Paris Saint-Germain draw with Lens to clinch Ligue 1, but Jules, not Woo-hoo! everybody was in the mood to celebrate like you are. Many fans left early in protest, and as a result, there was no lap of honor. That's not embarrassing or anything. It was not protest per se. They wanted to celebrate without the players. <laughs> the Parisian are already reporting that Mauricio Pochettino is on his way out. Uh, that would take 50 million to move on. Plus, inevitably, who else? Rumors of Antonio Conte offering himself. Help me make sense of this. What a club. Well, I mean, what kind of club the ultras say, like, you know what, we've been so disappointed by this season. This is so underwhelming. No, we're going to not support you during the game. And then before the end of the game, we're going to leave the stadium and celebrate the title on our own. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, well, yeah, what other voice do these people have? Why is it my club, though? Why is it? Why does it have to be my club and not another club like Bayern fans do it and, you know, protest and go outside and... It was it was it was a crazy atmosphere. The players, well, some didn't care. Went straight to the tunnel in the dressing room. Others, <laughs> there was not even a lap of honor. Gab, I mean, how can you? You can't do a lap of honor when the stadium's empty. You look like a tool if you do that. Yeah, true, true, true. I don't know. It was so strange. So it was it was unreal, really. To be fair, it's ten. In a way, I'm happy, but I'm also I understand the fans. Yeah. It's ten in it's your been, entire history. Bayern have won ten in a row. I know it's been a very underwhelming right. season, though. To be fair.
On an happier note, Gab, Lionel Messi scored a great goal uh, to open the scoring. Not that it was enough to win, but Gab, it was his fourth, only his fourth of the season in Ligue 1. He's got five in the Champions League. There's a loads of assists on top, but he will finish with his lowest totals of goals since he was 18 in the 05-06 season. Also lowest totals of games played as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we could travel back in time to August 2021 when he was signed, do you think that PSG and Nasser Al-Khalifi would do it again? Um, they probably would because yeah, I think it was the right decision at the time. Uh, knowing what we know now, and this is a captain hindsight exercise, I don't think you, I don't think you sign him. I think you take a step back, you take a more intelligent view, you spend all that money that you're giving him in wages. You know, you you got to look at the numbers, right? Did he increase your revenue? Did he increase your results? You say no. Um, well, yeah. your revenue, yeah, massive. Well, yes, but yeah, to justify the amount of money you're paying him, probably so. I would assume almost certainly not. No. Um, and you spend that money on other players who are going to make you better. Uh, okay. I, I think that. And by by the way, I feel still, stronger about Neymar not signing Neymar back in 2017 than the same about Messi. And you don't obviously you don't need Donnarumma and Keylor Navas, but I think I think we've worked that. that one out yeah. by now. Arsenal beat Manchester United 3-1 and the Gunners are now fourth. Jules, they're going to do this, aren't they? Well, I don't know. If they keep playing like they did against Chelsea and to some extent United, although the game could have easily gone the other way had Bruno Fernandes scored that dreadful penalty. Um, yeah, they will. Because now they're two points clear of Spurs who drop points. Uh, and, and I think those two games will fill them with confidence. There was a lot of positives, especially at Chelsea. We've mentioned that before. But even on Saturday... Uh, and and they're in the driving seat again. I just think United were, for part of the game, so bad, so inefficient in their press, for example. Do we not read anything in the fact that they tried to get back into it and if Bruno Fernandes hadn't taken yeah, the second worst penalty of the weekend? Yeah, but he still didn't gap. And yeah, they were unfortunate with VAR and with the referee. I think they should have had certainly one penalty. And the, the Chaka goal just, and the you end don't, position. You don't see any kind of fight in United because of this? No, I see, I see the, the fight. For yeah, no, I see. But I was still disappointed overall by by the result, by the performance. When they've got strong moments, they don't capitalize. And when they've got weaker moments, they get punished all the time. This is not how you finish top four. By the way, can you work out how Bruno Fernandes did not get sent off? I mean, this was crazy. Like honestly, I mean, back in the for day, me, you have a disciplinary committee afterwards. Yeah, I the ball has left the guy's foot from like like forty five seconds. Yeah. I mean, that, that was really bad. It's it the second bad. straight game he's Compensation done. Compensation for me, they knew they should have given a penalty. So oh, so let's let you go and whack yeah. this guy. Uh, right, that's, that's, that's my theory. And meanwhile, Gab, in that game, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 100th Premier League goal, his 22nd of the season. By the way, now he's scored over 100 goals in the Champions League, in La Liga, in the Premier League, international level. I mean, this is just crazy stuff. Serie A as well, I think, no? And maybe, Serie A as well, yeah. yeah actually, yeah, yeah. no, no, I don't think he got No, no, 100. maybe not 100 in Serie yeah. uh, in the interest of fairness and equity, as we did before with Lionel Messi, let's go back in time and to August 2021. Would they sign him again? Again, I think Cristiano Ronaldo has done his part. I don't think, I think he has helped Manchester United. But again, we're do, this is an exercise in hindsight, right? Knowing what we know now, I don't think commercially he's lived up to his record because or the amount of money they had to to, to to spend for him between the wages and the transfer. Not Ronaldo's fault. Yeah. Right? But he hasn't. Knowing what we know now, like they're gonna have their third manager in twelve months, knowing that they signed him at the end of August, 
Yeah, right? So, late. which he evidently tells you that there was no planning involved in signing him. No, knowing what we know now. Um, if Ronaldo hadn't been there, where would United finish this season? Eighth? Ninth? Yeah. Right? Would it make much of a difference compared to where they're going to finish yeah. this year? They certainly so, would have qualified out of the group stages of the Champions League. So. Yeah, I, I think. No, they would have gone out. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's not Ronaldo's fault, but it simply would have meant they would have, I guess, embarked on the rebuild a year earlier. And maybe they should have seen that coming, that it wasn't going to work out with Solskjaer. Yeah. Bayern make a 10 in a row as they beat Borussia Dortmund yeah. 3-1. Jules, not much of a surprise. Bayern are champions and Dortmund self-destruct. Exactly, Gab. I mean, we got excited again thinking, oh, this game is going to be amazing. Let's see, maybe Dortmund, maybe Haaland. Uh, no. After 14 or 15 minutes, Gnabry scored that goal. Dortmund were okay at the start. The game is over. Then... The game, as soon as Gnabry scored, the game is over. Even when Emre Chan scored that penalty early in the second half, you knew they were not going to come back. And Zagadou. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, maybe... And, I don't know. Bayern are too good. Bayern are very good. Yeah, they are. Even when they make mistakes, even when they'll be shaky in Nagelsmann's first season. But Dortmund are never going to win the title by being so inconsistent, so no. poor defensively. I mean, set pieces, let's not even go there. I, I also want to say, just because just people have been those, those takes, like, oh, it's not good for the Bundesliga, the Bayern. Those are the kind of like Captain Obvious takes. But on the other hand, if you look at it, and I go back to this because I had a conversation with Philip Lahm about this. He says, look at the Bundesliga. The attendance, the stadiums are full. Yeah. People go and watch. People don't just watch because they want to win the league. They, they've become accustomed to saying, it's not like they stop watching because Bayern win every year. I think that's... And the that problem is not Bayern being so good. It's the others not Storm doing enough yet. to catch up and try to compete yeah. with them. Sandro Tonali scores an injury time winner for Milan as they win away to Lazio 2-1 at the Stadio Olimpico and go back to the top of Serie A. Gab, Stefano Pioli decided to give a lesson in the animals of the Savannah after the game too. What yeah. night? It was, it was pretty incredible. I mean, they were poor in the first yeah. half. In the second half, they were all over them. They were, they were tremendous. You know, classic halftime team talk yeah, yeah. situation. Uh, Pioli made a brave decision taking on Rafael Leao, who, who was exceptional. Was and then afterwards, it's post-match speech. He's like, he says, like, you know, the lion is not the biggest animal in the savannah. That would be uh, the elephant. The, ana the, the lion is not the fastest. That would be the cheetah. The lion, and you know, it was weird. Like, so, uh, so they are the lions. They are the lions. And guess who has a giant tattoo of a lion on his back? Oh. Slatan Ibrahimovic, of Indeed. course. Indeed. Who came on and delivered the assist for Tonali's dramatic winner. But Tonali, exceptional. Like, Milan, they're in the lead. They, yeah. they, they, they Inter have that game in hand. But it all, it, it, that, that Inter-Bologna game is going to be huge. Yeah, massive. Real Madrid didn't play this weekend. But sure, it doesn't mean we can't fuel the Mbappe speculation yes. machine. Is he still talking to PSG just out of mere courtesy? Why would they? Why would he? Yeah. To well, be polite? For Take what? some pressure off the club? Nothing. He's out of contract. He can already sign wherever he wants. I know wants. he can, but why is he still talking to them? Because is he I, actually talking to them or is he just, yeah. just go in they go blah, blah, well, blah, No, blah, his mum was in Qatar this week, in Doha, well, last week, sorry. Uh, and she met sure it wasn't a, just tourism? She wanted a break? It wasn't just tourism, the, no. Visit the, there was a bit of tourism, but it was not just tourism. Uh, I believe there's more meetings to come in Paris okay. this week. He would also go to Madrid. Uh, I mean, not him, but All the right. family. It'd be interesting to see, but it's, no, I, th I really believe him when he says he hasn't decided yet. You, can, you believe that he's already signed for Real Madrid. I don't know a lot of I people believe that. I don't. I don't. Not yet. He might end up there, and good for him, but not yet. Inter beat Roma and the old prophet, Jose Mourinho, Gab, on Saturday night, 3-1. He's five wins in a row now for Simone Inzaghi. Two points back of Milan, but with a game in hand against Bologna. We mentioned it. 
They have the momentum, right? They have the momentum, and look, they played well. I'm skeptical about momentum, but you're right. They played really well. They played with a confidence. I mean, I'm just not used to seeing Inter play really pretty football. <laughs> that first goal, it starts with Samir Handanovic. Yeah. Um, he gets the ball, and from there to Denzel Dumfries, being clean through on goal, and he would score. In the number nine position. Yeah, cutting over back, from crazy, yeah. the right wing back position. I mean... It's six passes, seven touches. It would have been it, w- it would have been six first time passes if Di Marco hadn't taken an additional unnecessary yeah. touch. But we forgive that. Yeah, we forgive. Um, of course. I mean, it was just really, really pretty football. The Brozovic goal as well, where everybody goes and changes position. Brozovic turns into I a know, winger. Um, hasn't scored all season, and now he's got two and two. Brozovic. Yeah, that's what I mean. They 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 look like champions. I know it's a great title race, but they look like champions. They 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 look like they do look like champions now. And so it's been a question. Obviously, you got to. Now, this is what makes this title race so mm. fantastic. Milan, I think, have had a lot of ups and downs. Milan have been unluckier this season. Milan have had more injuries. But if Inter can take it to this level consistently, yeah. they're just a joy to watch. Uh, by the way, Mourinho, standing ovation, totally milked uh, it. No. Rightly so. You earned it, man. Yeah, you delivered yeah, a course, treble back in 2009-10. Uh, he will always be one of the kings of the black and blue side of, of Milan. And he was in such a good mood. They even came out and he praised the referees <laughs> and he wasn't being ironic either. Um, good for him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A late goal from Christian Pulisic gives Chelsea a 1-0 win over West Ham, which should guarantee Champions League football next year, which is pretty huge. Yeah. But Jules, I have to ask, who took the uglier penalty, Jorginho or Bruno Fernandes? Well, Jorginho, it's not even a debate. Jorginho was one of the... It's not a debate. Jorginho was one of the worst penalties you would have ever seen. Bruno sent the keeper the wrong way, and then it's just a question of inches. Jorginho was terrible, Gab. Terrible. He's the slowest. But I spoke to Fabianski after the game and I asked him. I even How said, does that happen? Did he mishit it? Or? My question was to Fabianski was, was this the worst penalty you've ever saved or faced? And he burst out laughing and he said, he broke it down really well, to be fair. But he said the ball was so slow. I reckon he could have stopped it with his foot. I think he could have dived, gotten back up. Fixed himself a sandwich and saved it. That's how slow the ball was. But Jorginho should not be taking penalties for a long so, time. I, this game was weird to me, Jules, because West Ham are obviously thinking of of Seville and, and the Europa League. As, they had wide centre-backs. As, 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 so they should, yeah. right? Yeah, you have this Ben Johnson and, and, and Cresswell. So you've got a left-back and a sprinter either side of Craig exactly. Dawson. Um, Playing for the draw, which clearly was their plan. And Christensen... 
<laughs> you criticized him for continuing yeah. to play Christensen. Well, he did, but that's but he was going to. He was going to start. Thing I don't understand why. Why? Why do we need to see this guy? But we've said it so many times. He's he's switched off. He's yeah. not there anymore. Why don't you put Shalobas straight in? Which ended up doing because Christensen and got... And he finally played a front two of... Well, he's done it a couple times before, but Havertz and, um, and Werner together, right? And... But then to put Havertz, like, wide on the right-hand side for most of it. It was weird. And I, I tweeted it and I pointed out I was sat, again, at Stamford Bridge, close to the benches. And Thomas Tuchel stayed, sat down the whole first half for all hour, not moving not giving any directions to his players, not even moaning at the referee. He's the king, well, not the king of moaning, but he moans a lot to the fourth referee, to the referee, nothing. Lethargic, not giving anything yeah. on the bench. He's not in a good place. He's Obviously, his private place. life might have something to do with it, sell the club, whatever it is, else. It is, But, but I, I was still surprised. Even knowing all of that, I was still surprised. Um, on the brighter spot. they were poor. That first half was terrible. Okay, but, but they were, Pulisic, who couldn't get off the bench, and Lukaku couldn't start. Pulisic scores a goal, Lukaku comes on, put himself about. I mean, exactly, you know. got the pen. They should have come on earlier, for sure, but it's good, it's good. Let's hope, though, that now, in the next game, this is get, this get rewarded. In a way, I want to see Pulisic starting now. You I know. said it all along that Lukaku should play so and you Lukaku can assess right. what you have, exactly. whether he stays or goes next exactly. season. But hey. More points dropped for Tottenham as they draw nil-nil away at Brentford on Saturday. Gap just one shot on target in the last two games, the defeat against Brighton and then that draw. And Ivan Turner hit the woodwork, by the way, right at the end and could have won it for Brentford. Are you surprised that Conte was not maybe more grumpy? Yeah, he's like, well, it's difficult to play against teams who <sighs> defend you. I'm like, Come yeah, on. look, you have Son, you have Harry Kane, you have yeah. Kulusevsky who's on fire. Of course, Brentford are going to defend it. You've seen them <laughs> well, play before, what do you right? Expect? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think this is this is worrying because the Villa game as well. I know they won four 0 but the first half was pretty bad oh, too, they, as we pointed yeah, out before. Um, and it's not like they've got major injuries. You know, this is the team that yeah. he's putting out there. Uh, I think it has to be a concern. Um, I think there's going to be serious clouds over him. I really need to see them in the North London Derby to fully assess yeah. which way this is yeah. going. That's going to be huge. I think it's coming up, was it May, May 12th, yeah. uh, right around there. Yeah. Um, but um, by the way, Ericsson, I love the stories now linking Ericsson to a return to I know. Spurs. And he's like, does nobody knows what happened the last time Conte and... Eric, unless they know something we don't yeah, about Conte's Yeah, maybe, Central. exactly. Betis win the Copa del Rey, defeating Valencia on penalties. Oh, but Jules, well we have to celebrate our boy of Joaquin. Of course, Joaquin, who obviously won this competition 17 years ago for Betis. I even had the cup at his wedding in the church. And then he won it again for Valencia a few years ago. And then he won it again for Valencia. <laughs> and then obviously now 41 is I think he's still 40. I think he 40, turns 41 in the summer. This summer. To win it again is it's incredible. It's not clear if he's going to continue or not. No, we see. I mean, we, I think we all want him to. He's got already deals sorted out to be a pundit anyway, and he would be a great pundit. His penalty was shocking in the uh, in the penalty shootout, but still went in somehow. And what a fairy tale story I, for him. I, I think what I love, people forget this. Joaquin has 51 caps from Spain. I think his last cap was like more than a decade ago. So he's somebody who was put to one side. And I think part of it is because he doesn't look like a modern winger in the sense that mm. he's 
chunky for a winger. Is that is that a fair? Even when he was younger, even he was, when he was younger, he was dude, probably, right? Uh, bit, yeah. But he was not an athlete. He wasn't one of those like power wingers. Like like you know, you watch Luis Figo. Like Figo could obviously have the skill and everything, but he could also power past mm. you just through strength. He doesn't necessarily have that. He just has a lot of skill. No, He's the kind nice. of winger you pass the ball to him, slows it down, foot on it, does a trick, delivers a cross, and. You know, that's the side of the game that no longer exists, but you, you know, cannot know. Very happy for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. And, and for Damil Fekir and for. And Manuel Pellegrini. Of course, for Pellegrini as well. Great, great win. Now uh, finished up four. Exactly. Let's see. With 10 minutes to go on Sunday, Napoli were beating Empoli 2 0 and still in the title race, of course. And then in seven minutes, they threw it all away. Gab, this was unbelievable. They lost 3 2. Yeah, three goals conceded. How? In seven minutes. The first one, good finish from Liam Henderson. The second one, Alex oh, Moret. Yeah, mistake before the Liam Henderson finish. I oh, yeah, no, no. Clear the ball in his path. Yeah, that's your boy Kevin Malkoui, yeah. uh, by the way, who came on weirdly uh, at halftime for Zanoli, who I thought had been doing okay. Um, then Alex Moret uh, channeling his inner Zach Steffen. Come on. Um, Crazy. And then the third one, I, it's. Pinamonte. It's really, really bad. And, you know, people are blaming Spalletti because, you know, people are supposed to say that when they're in title races, like, like about a month ago, Spalletti said, you know, they said, oh, are you in a title race? You know, normally people say, oh, we take it one day at a time, we'll see. And he says, no, 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 we want to win it this year. Yeah, we, I remember like, we saying on the show. I, I love that, honestly. He's like, he's like, I'm, I'm not good. young anymore. Who knows how many more chances I'll get to win it? We exactly. want to win it. And then the wheels come off like this. And they played really well earlier. The reaction, typical, you know, De Laurentiis chaos. First announcement is like, okay. Everybody's going to go in in Retiro, which is like yeah. boot camp where you can't leave the hotel except to train or play like games. And Carlo was there. Of yes, course, yeah. and it's of course it was a player revolt at the time, yeah. and it's going to be a permanent one. It's going to continue until the players' contracts finishes, uh, or until I deem otherwise. Now this morning there was an uh, there was a um, an official release in the club saying, no, we're going to have bonding sessions. We're going to have dinners together. We're going to spend time together. Get in the right time frame. Uh, I think clearly there's been wow. another players' revolt there. Yeah, um, it's a shame. It's a shame for all the Napoli fans who you know they're so passionate about their team. I you thought see they this could do it. Apart. You know, I really yeah. thought they, they played some great football. Look, year, they lost to Empoli twice. They lost to Spezia. They dropped five home Cagliari. defeats. Jules. I mean, that's it. That's what cost them. Yeah, Three wins? goals and five yeah. defeats at home. This is it let's talk women's champions league semi-finals oh, yeah. leon beat paris saint-germain 3-2 uh and it promises to be a finely poised return leg the other time not so much as barcelona smashed wolfsburg 5-1 i mean barca were just incredible really 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 incredible they they are as good as you would watch in the men's game too they're so fantastic everything they do is just incredible and then the Lyon PSG game, which obviously was a French derby, amazing, some mistakes made. Do you remember obviously the Kira Amrari yes. story? Well, there's another story. She had a fight with a teammate at training the day before the game, or on Friday, two days before the game, where she insulted that, uh, her teammate, uh, Sandy Baltimore, and then didn't turn up when the coach left Paris to go to Lyon. Really? It's, it's just crazy, Gap. It is crazy. Crazy. So I'm glad, in a way, PSG only losing 3-2 away at Lyon is not a bad result. And then they can go at Paris in a great atmosphere to try to get to the final. To be fair, neither of those teams right now can beat Barcelona anyway. But going to the final would be great for PSG, especially after the season. We should get Kira Marawi on Gavin Jules meets because oh it sounds God, like she has yeah. a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, she has. As we know, Antonio Rudiger is a free agent in the summer and Tuchel 
said that he doesn't blame Rudiger for not staying at Chelsea because now we know that Rudiger is going to leave. But Tuchel says that the sanction of the club prevented them from putting up more of a fight to keep him. Before you give your answer, this is not true. I don't believe that this is not true. Um, I, my answer very simply is I think this is more evidence that Tuchel's not in a great place right now. I don't understand what you're saying here, right? So you're saying he made a personal decision to leave, mm -hmm. which to me says not about the money. Oh, but if it wasn't for the sanctions, we'd have more money that we could throw at him. But if he's made his personal decision to leave, doesn't matter if you're going to pay him 50 million a year, right? I, what are you trying to say here? If you just want to say, look, he's leaving, personal decision, move on. Leave the sanctions out of it. That, if it's a personal decision. Yeah. If it's about the money, then sure, the sanctions come into it. I don't understand his message. I understand what he's doing. Um, but you don't, but you don't believe what? Because the first offers that they made to Rudiger and his brother before the sanctions, before the war in Ukraine, were not good enough. You can't, he's, he's maybe your player of the season. He's, he's been one of your best players since Tuchel arrived and you make him an offer way below what you should be making him with the status that he has and why he's provided for the team since January. I, I, I just don't get it, Gab. I really don't get it. I promise you, like, you don't... I mean, you offered him less money than some of the fourth or fifth choices in midfield. Come on, he's your best defender. Yeah, I, I, it didn't make sense to me. And now to blame the sanctions, where clearly the effort was not made even before the sanctions, I don't understand it either. Jules, remember a few years ago when Premier League Academy teams were admitted to the FA Trophy, the cup, which for those who don't know, it's a cup competition for clubs in League yeah. One and below. Um, people said at the time, oh, this is going to be so important for the development. You know, they, they, what, what they say, there's, there's the blockage in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. All these talented under-21 players, they, need, they can't just play each other. They need to play against real men, blah, blah, blah. And logically, you'd imagine, I looked at the rules. These are under-21 teams, but you can have two overage players. Yeah. I would have thought Premier League teams. Me too. Pretty good, right? But they're terrible, apparently. I have a thought. Yeah, no, no, I saw it too. There's 16 teams participated. Um, only three of them, and there's a group stage at the beginning. Only three of them made it past the group stage. Uh, highest achiever were Arsenal, who reached the quarterfinal and then lost. This experiment's kind of run its course, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm quite surprised. I thought this was a really good idea. I've, I've uh, always been an advocate of don't have a league just for the under-19 or under-21s. Do like many other leagues do, where you have your youth team or your reserve team playing in the third or fourth or fifth division of right. professional, you know, with men. And I, I don't like it, but that's because I'm more of a traditionalist and I think it's unfair, yeah, but, you know, but whatever. For me, for the but, development, for a 19-year-old... But are you surprised that so they're this bad? But yeah, completely. So it's either... Those academies are really bad. All of them. City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. And we know that's not the case because they turn out good players. Well, yeah, and they do pretty well usually. Or they don't take this seriously. Example. They don't take, take it seriously. Or maybe the teams from League One, League Two are, are really good. I, I never watched them, so I can't tell you. Or maybe the games are more physical. Too physical, too aggressive. I don't know. But, but then again, like, again, you've got two overage players... You know, we're know. talking about like 20-year-olds. Like It's not like League One and League Two. They're all like nasty 30-year-olds with tattoos no, no. who've been through the war. The only yeah. one thing I do, I think, is those, those teams and those players are taught in those academies to play That's the argument, nice right? Pretty football, football right? Yeah, pretty football. And to work and on development rather than getting results. Exactly. And I think when they face players of their age in the reserve leagues, they play against teams that play similar football to them. 
when they go into this cup, yeah. they play old-school football for a lot of them. Not all of them. Some League One teams play well, but a lot of them still play, as we said, very aggressive, long ball, second headers, balls, second balls stuff, blah, yeah. blah, blah, which they don't used to, maybe, but it's, it's, it's a dreadful ratio. Gab, remember when we were told that the Chelsea sale would be quick and smooth and now it's been nearly two months and we still have three parties bidding. What's going on? I don't know, but people are getting a little bit annoyed here. Well, right, also so. because... They keep asking for more guarantees. What are going to be your plan to the stadium? Um, we've been reminded again, like I've been saying all along, Roman Abramovich can also say, nah, I'm not going to sell. I'm going to wait for you to unfreeze the sanctions. <laughs> Possibly. Um, they've now been, you know, I think one of these bid teams that I spoke to says, well, we were told that Rain would select their, pref their preferred bidder yeah. and then the government would issue a license and give their view. Now they're saying like, hey, how about another round of bids? Uh, there's suggestions that the bid led by Stephen Paduka could bow out next week and that they'd limit it to two bids going head to head, which of course would be the right. the, the Todd Bowley Vis bid yeah. and uh, the Broughton Lord Co. Hamilton Williams. Hamilton Williams. Wow, so many names there. Harrison Blitzer, the money yeah, man. So. Um, I don't know. I, it could also be that the, the government is so heavily involved in this and obviously the government right now busy with other factors other things, as well. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty exciting, and it I don't, is. I don't. There's a great precedent too, having a government so involved in in a sale like this. I, I, don't think I, so. I would imagine they could have made rules and then stepped away. Because these kind of things take a long time anyway. You know, City, PSG, like you, you know, it's not something that you just do like this. It's, you if you're know. talking about putting together billions and billions, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Twist in the tail on the Racer Champions League spot in the Bundesliga duels. Yeah. Bayer Leverkusen destroyed Greuther Firth 4-1 and Leipzig defeat to Union Berlin. Obligatory reference yes. to our producer Freddy. Uh, and that was at home. Means Rico, Rico Suave's boys are third again. Yeah, yeah. A little scared at the beginning of the game and then they played They played well. And Freiburg coming from behind. They're Freiburg. two points behind Leipzig. I know, I know. This is going to be very exciting. We said that the title race is over, obviously, by winning it. But this is good. And Leipzig, you thought where, when they scored the first goal, were in control. And then Sven Mikkel arrived and he changed the whole game. And if you don't know him, this is, he's, he's got this almost legendary straight status in Germany. He's 31. They signed him from Paderborn in January. And he's this number 10, bald, let's be honest, or losing his hair, a bit like Professor Freddy. Uh, and, and just amazing. And, you, and he's, he came on. And then and the assist, if you haven't seen on the winning goal from him, when you expect him to shoot, is Gutierrez or Benzema-esque. Even so, well done or to him. Ilicic -esque. Or Ilicic Or Ilicic Well, exactly. no, not quite that far. Maybe. Yeah, but you know, but check it great out. win for them. Great win for Union. Sad, but maybe inevitable news at the bottom of the football league. Gab Oldham Athletic, one of the founder members of the Premier League 30 years ago, have been relegated amidst uh, fan protest as well. What I say about the lower leagues: oversight, transparency, clear yeah. rules. They only have themselves to blame because the clubs don't want clear rules and oversight because they don't want somebody in their business. Yeah. And the upshot is you have this situation. It should also serve as a reminder of what the Premier League was when it started. Oldham, and I say this with the greatest of respect, are not a Premier League caliber club in terms of size and whatever. No. But they earned their place in the top flight, and that's why they were in the first Premier League. When you have promotion relegation. Teams move up and down, and that's why owners hate it. Owners are <laughs> businessmen. These new owners, private equity guys, why do they want the guaranteed spots in the Champions League? Why do they want of the course. Super League? Because I want to have a business where I am guaranteed uh, a return, where I have control. I have as few surprises yeah. as possible. 
Jules, time to handicap the race for Woo-hoo! the third and final Champions League spot in Ligue 1. Ren, Monaco, and Nice all win. It yeah. took a dramatic injury time winner from the other Charam kid to get it done for Nice. Yeah. Strasbourg, on the other hand, go down to a late goal in Lille. The table reads, Ren and Monaco 59, Nice 57, Strasbourg 56. Who you got? It's a tough one. I, I've... I think Nice not playing well enough and Strasbourg would be incredible if they can finish uh, third because they still have all those teams to, to overtake. So it's between Rennes and Monaco. Monaco have incredible momentum. Six wins in a row. They played so well at Saint-Etienne uh, when the game was a shambles because the fans uh, threw fireworks on the page. The, the game was stopped. It was it was chaos. Obviously, these are the Saint-Etienne fans, yeah, not Saint-Etienne the Monaco fans, fans because Monaco don't have any fans. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but they kept they, they you know they stay focused and won that game. And Rennes scored five past Lorient. Rennes are so entertaining. But they lost to Monaco. They've shown weaknesses in the big games. So between Rennes and Monaco, I would go for Monaco. And I think PSG, Marseille, Monaco in the Champions League next season, that would look good for Ligue 1. It would be good. Where's Lyon? Where's Lille? Oh, Lille are gone. Uh, no, no, Lyon no, no, are gone. I mean, Lyon are shambles. Their fans, by the way, wanted to interrupt the, the, their game that they won at the weekend. They insulted Toko Ekambi. It was toxic. It was ugly scenes. Was that because they couldn't find Peter Bosch? But Peter Bosch seems to get away with things, you know? know. It's unreal. But Toko Ekambi got on the wrong side, provoked the fans with his goal celebration. It all kicked off. It was, it was a crazy weekend in Liga. Wait, among bald managers, who would you rather go on holiday with? Oh, Peter Bosch or Eric Ten Hag? Who I'm or told Pep is the Gu- first bald... No, you can't have Pep no, okay. Eric Ten Hag apparently is the first bald manager in the history of Manchester United. Is he now? Yeah. Okay. Who's more Ten fun? Ten Hag or Peter Bosch? Ten Hag or Peter Bosch? Uh, who'd you go? Uh, to go on holiday with we're not talking no, manager no, no, team no, no, manager no, yeah, team yeah. we all picked Ten Hag yeah, yeah of course then maybe Peter Peter, maybe Peter has be a little more fun yeah yeah, yeah okay. Peter could a few drinks <laughs> and then I think it could be interesting uh, back to the Lazio Milan game Gab Lazio fans were angry at the club and decided to protest so what did they do okay I'm all for fans making their voices heard. Because of the results, you mean? No. They decided that they, they're angry that basically Lazio have created um, like a new pricing system for tickets. Okay. And sort of the marquee games, like this Milan game, the ticket was 40 euros, around about $45. But this is for the Curva. This is for the absolute cheapest yeah. uh, seats. You know, way at the end, at the Stadio Olimpico as well, because of the track and the way it's built. Like, you know, you literally are like in the next, you know, zip code over. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the right way to do it. It was a nonviolent protest. It said, we're not going to go to the game. They, um, we're, we're going to go. We're going to march. And we're going to stand outside the stadium where the players can hear us, yeah. cheer them on. And we're just going to watch it there and stream the game on our phones. And that's what they did. I think that's an effective protest. Did it impact yeah. the game? Yeah, because there were only 25,000 people in the stadium. Half of them were Milan fans. So yeah. it didn't really feel like a Lazio home game necessarily. And Milan had a lot of support. But, you know, at some point, if you're a fan, you're a customer. And by the way, Lotito's saying like, oh, all the money from ticket, re- ticket revenue uh, goes back to pay off the debt to, uh, with the tax man that this club had when, uh, when I bought the club. I'm like, dude, what? you, you bought, bought the club 20 like years 50, 20, 15 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I honestly. I mean, this is the best excuse. People have come up with really good excuses this weekend. Oh, my God. In the last few days. He's in his own world. Unreal. 
Remember Aston Villa, Valencia, and Leon striker John Carew, yeah. and Roma as well. Uh, Jules, he's facing six years in Ooh. prison for tax evasion. Uh, they don't uh, mess around in they Norway, don't do mess they? Away. They don't mess around in Norway at all. So forgot the uh, odd zeros, the two or three zeros there, clearly. What's funny is that he played with Michel Bastos at Lyon, and Michel Bastos got done for being too close to a drug dealer from Lyon who he sold his house in cash to, then drove the car. That was, yeah, weird. So clearly something in that Lyon team, maybe, <laughs> that now they could all meet in jail. I I'll tell you what, uh, free advice, two countries where you do not want to be <laughs> evading taxes, uh, no matter how big a football yeah. star you are, Norway and obviously and Germany. Germany. Go ask I mean, Spain, Spain have chased a few as well. Yeah, but Spain? they actually go to prison. No, true. Uli Hoeneß, yeah, the man really. who who's just for Bayern yeah, actually yeah. had to serve time in prison. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The Athletic reports that Liverpool are considering a crypto shirt sponsor next season in case their current sponsor uh, standard. Uh, chartered is that right don't yep. renew the deal given the backlash to the nfts uh, from the fans base this is this a good idea or can we already anticipate the groveling apology after the u-turn like <laughs> yeah. they did with furlough like they did so many times already the owners ticket prices yeah look um i think at some point i wish people would educate themselves a little bit more i think i've been following crypto blockchain nfts kind of from the start just because there's the word crypto on it doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad or stupid thing or a scam. Now, a lot of these NFTs with the apes and stuff, or indeed the fan tokens, I don't think it's a scam. I just think it's kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, but if it's an exchange where you can buy, it's a reputable exchange where you can buy and sell Bitcoin or Ethereum, yeah. and it's a reputable brand, hopefully people understand that that is different from a club selling NFTs. But we've reached, there's such an outcry now that whenever somebody puts the word crypto in yeah, front of everything, yeah, I see what you, mean. you know, people assume dodgebots, unregulated, they're ripping off the fan, the working man. You know, uh, so hopefully Liverpool will consider all that, consider who they partner with if they do go down this route. But you would think that they would have a love they would want a lot of money for the the the, the, the kid sponsor, of yeah. course. I think seventy or eighty million pound uh, a year, which is yeah. But you would think there's there were few few brands, not just crypto ones. You would think so, but it's interesting with shirt sponsors. This is a whole other podcast, right? I I always love to play this game where I look at like sort of Premier League shirt sponsors or mm. City A shirt sponsors, and and I look at like how many of these are brands that I actually have heard of. And yeah. the, remember when Spurs were sponsored by like thing called Mansion yeah, or like yeah, yeah. Um, yeah or, betting or, companies or Wolf, Wolf, is that a betting company is yeah. that what it is Wolves had Manbet you know which sounds like you know a, a subsidiary of Grinder or something like I mean come on man like it, something gets hot and then the whole sector pours in yeah, for the visibility yeah, yeah, yeah. these brands all those betting brands with the numbers in them can you distinguish them from one from the other <laughs> and and no, I think but, it's a little bit like. Like like some of the some of these crypto ones, right? We know who I'm not, I'm not gonna name them unless they want to pay us to advertise it, but there are three, four, five yeah. legitimate big crypto exchanges that have been around for a long time. And there are others that kind of smack like fly by night operations. You know, you yeah. have to be smart and you have to be smart about who you want to associate your brand with. Mm. Last show, we told you that DDA Drogba was in the running for the presidency yeah. of the Ivory Coast Football Association. How'd it go, Jules? Not great. I'm sorry. We also told you that it was going to be difficult for him. Didn't, didn't make it to the final. Didn't even go past the first round. He got knocked out. Uh, there were three candidates uh, and two got more votes than him and they would be in the rank. 
<laughs> I'm not sure if you're happy we, with we that. We should make it clear here, right? It's news. It would have been cool because we've heard of Didier Drogba. I haven't heard of the other two dudes, presumably. They're yeah, they're like former international football yeah, administrators. Like, this is voted on by presumably members of the yeah, Ivy Coast exactly, FA. Yeah, like it's a They've popular got a committee. Vote. Yeah, yeah, There's a committee so and so on. Doesn't mean that Didier Drogba is any less popular or any less No, 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 definitely not. And again, this is the kind of stuff that maybe you don't win the first time round. You need to work on it, have a campaign, all of that. And he will be better prepared next time when, when he can try again. Juventus kick off in a few hours, Monday night against Sassuolo Gap. They increasingly link with Angel Di Maria, who will be leaving PSG as a free agent at the end of this season. Is this a good idea? Let me see. Who's Angel Di Maria's agent? agent. And oh. who's linking him? The same three people who oh, kind yes. of act as like massive sounding boards, yes. echo chambers. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, like there's big stories in the league, like, oh, Roma's Sorry. next three signings and like funny enough they all have it's like Geddes and shit <laughs> not bad players but come on man like I know I, Di Maria no thank no, you no no thank no, you. no I love no. him he's been great he's been for a great us, player the age the wages completely you have wingers already exactly use them Keza will be back exactly two wins in a row for Burnley since Mike Jackson uh, replaced Sean Deitch Jules are you surprised at turnaround yeah, and even if you go before, there's the draw against West Ham. So it's a draw and two wins in, in his three games in charge. So it's Champions League It's pace. crazy. If you've been in charge at the start of it's the season. It's crazy. I saw a very funny tweet. I can't remember. I'm sorry who it was from saying that uh, if, if they stay up, maybe Fulham can sell them the uh, Michael Jackson obviously statue outside <laughs> Crown Cottage to Burnley for Michael Jackson. Is that still there, that statue? I think so. I think right, so. Right, it's obviously a different Michael Jackson, you know, we all get yeah, it. Yeah, this is Mike Jackson. But I know, I didn't see it coming. And we, I think a lot of us were saying like, oh, timing is a bit wrong for Daesh to be gone. Well, it's also, this guy was at the club, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it's always there. a weird dynamic, I think, when you have somebody kind of move up from generally, that speaks to the players, getting tired of hearing this he's been there nine and a half years and I think Ben Mee is his assistant while also playing center back so I think that I'm not saying he's not playing now but yeah yeah. you see what I'm saying just one thing can can Mike Jackson can have his initial on his because he doesn't have one and they're really bothered (laughs) they they haven't found one yet yeah or maybe they don't have an, an M and a J anymore but it really winds me because I also want to just have you know you've yeah. got your initials and you're happy right. and we know it's you that kind of stuff Alan Pace MLK Capital uh, yeah, sort it on. out get in that decal yeah just the, just the initials come on man yeah. oh, wouldn't you have had one before we think it was on the 23s uh, no I don't think so maybe they don't do it don't. for the youth yeah I don't know yeah. Kingsley Coman won his 10th league title with Bayern obviously one in every <laughs> single year of his career which is incredible I think he's won 26 trophies he's 25 years old <laughs> Uh, with three different clubs, obviously, PSG, Juventus, and, and Bayern. Anything significance uh, to this, or is it just like... I think it's, what, seven that he's won with Bayern, and then he won one with Juve, and he won two with Paris Saint-Germain. Something but like one that. of them, like, you know, Paris Saint-Germain, he played like 10 minutes yeah, or something. Yeah, he's really young. Like, it's the... Slatan had a, had a run like that uh, earlier in his career, where he seemed to won almost every year. Yeah, for many years. Um, this is still crazy, though. Right place, right time. Oh, if, God. look... I assume it's that. Otherwise, best thing to do, Manchester United, just name your price, get Kingsley Coleman exactly. over next He's season. You know? yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, there might be other clubs. Well, what is the trophy room at his house? He's got magic. He's going to have the World Cup? I hope so for him. Obviously, he wasn't there in the last one. So, so he's know, about all those two, right? So I guess, I guess so. Know. Yeah, he will be there. He would be there. Our pal, Jan Augustjortov, chose a Formula One metaphor to assess the future wow. of Erling Haaland. 
He says, Manchester City are in pole position. Real Madrid are in position two, which I'm assuming is right alongside them in the yeah, front row. Yeah. And Bayern are outsiders. Does this make sense to you? Only if City are in pole position, but way in front of everybody else. And then maybe Real Madrid, yeah. And then Bayern. Bayern, really? are, Bayern are not going to sign Erling Haaland. They're not going to sign Erling Really, but I'm interested. You really think the gap between City and Real Madrid is that big? Yeah. And the only way... I can see Real Madrid signing Haaland this summer is if they know that Kylian Mbappé is not going and then they suddenly shift all the money and all the plan right. that they had for Kylian onto Haaland and make the last ditch super seduction offer Famous last words. I don't know. I told Famous you before, I like think this. he's going to go to City. That's right. what I think. Arsenal captain Sarah Bjork Gunnar's daughter has criticized UEFA Gab for choosing Manchester City's Academy Stadium. So the little stadium that is next to the Etihad, if you've been to Manchester City before, where the capacity will be just 4,700 as one of the venues for the women's Euros in England this summer. She said it's disrespectful and she has a point, right? Well, there's two ways to look at it. So UEFA countering and saying like, this is where Manchester City's women's team play. I know, but that's not the Euros. Um, no, no, but that, 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 that's fine. They're saying it's not an academy stadium. I think 4,700, what I don't get, this is not a good business decision, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I looked at the last uh, Euros in 2017, uh, which was held in, in Holland, and the smallest grounds had you know, a capacity of at least 10,000. Um, by the way, Manchester City's Academy Stadium, before people jump all over me, the capacity is higher, but some of that is terracing standing. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be 4,700 because it has to be all-seater for the Euros. Um, it just feels like it's a silly business decision. I don't know, by the way, again, it's a usual thing, let's blame everything on UEFA, but, you know, it's not like UEFA went and they worked with the FA. They must have had their reasons. I want an articulated reason. Do you think you can't sell tickets? Because we've had a World Cup in between where the attendances in France, were huge. I mean, they were huge, right? Yeah, they were, but, and we're talking Pai de Prince, Groupama Stadium, those kind of stadiums. And we know also that, you know, the international women's game actually does draw crowds. Exactly. So, so it's interesting. There's another small venue, uh, venue as well. Lee as well will be hosting. I think they're yeah. around 10,000. Rotherham. You've got huge venues too, obviously 70,000. We'll see how it goes. But I'm surprised because yeah, I agree with you. even just from a business perspective. I know, sell as much tickets as you can. <laughs> where's the just? I know it looks really bad if you're in a 50,000 seat stadium and there's 2,000 people there in it. That is disrespectful and it cheapens a spectacle and it's bad for TV. But that's not going to happen. You don't have 2,000 in I, I just don't see the logic between having 70,000 stadium over here and a 4,700 stadium no in the same competition. But yeah. maybe there is one. So UEFA, tell us. Or, or, the, or more likely, the FA, yeah. since you work together. Yeah. Right, uh, that brings us to an end. But Jules, Already. the champions! <laughs> We're going to be back on Thursday to break it all down. Yeah. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself.